Welcome once again to another episode of The Wall Behind and Beyond. I am your host, Philip A. Jones. As always, we speak to you about the issues relating to the world of criminal justice, where we cover topics that range from prison reform, mental health, education, programs, employment opportunities, and of course, reentry. How these different topics impact and affect those inside, as well as their families and loved ones on the outside. Today, we have a guest who got to see both sides of the spectrum, as she went from a correctional officer to an incarcerated individual. She now has a passion for criminal justice reform and works in a space of reentry. Please welcome Chris Snyder to the show. How are you today, my friend? I'm really great, Philip. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, we have been looking forward to talking with you, and we definitely are interested in hearing your story, um, and a lot of our listeners are as well. So we want to get to some questions, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Can you tell us where you are from and a little bit about your background? Absolutely. So I grew up everywhere. Um, I was in a group in a military family. Uh, however, I was born in Georgia, in Fort Stewart, Georgia. Moved around quite a bit before settling in Colorado myself a few years ago. My parents got divorced right before I started high school. I got really involved in ROTC, um, which is where my structure kind of came from. And I went to school for massage therapy. On the side, I worked in armed security and dispatch, and I eventually went into the corrections field. Uh, you were once a correctional officer, and you've also been incarcerated. Can you talk a little bit about both of these experiences? Yeah, absolutely. I was a correction officer in an all-male private prison. It was an overwhelming experience, to say the least. Uh, the men that were incarcerated were some of the kindest, most respectful, and easy-to-get-along-with individuals. Um, I really didn't understand the point of view uh, that people who are incarcerated are monsters or evil. Uh, it is actually just the opposite. Instead, a lot of the people that I work with were begging for structure and hope and change, uh, a chance or any resources that anyone could give. My overall experience in corrections uh, were always positive with the incarcerated men, but negative with the staff, unfortunately. Um, and then being incarcerated was certainly a humbling experience. Uh, not only had I never been in trouble before, I'd always been able to leave at one point. Um, and I was also in the tower controlling the prison. And now I was in a day room uh, during the height of COVID, um, not being able to leave myself. Uh, being in jail for a month, I ended up losing everything from housing to employment to relationships and just without rolling into too much detail my arresting officer is actually serving five years in prison himself uh, for excessive use of force so not every situation uh, on paper is a true one and at the end we're only human that is true and i like the way you formed it and shaped it um it doesn't matter where you, who you are, what walk of life you come from, you can end up in this situation. And so people must be compassionate and mindful of this um, as they are dealing with others when they are in positions of authority. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. What were your views 
of the criminal legal system when you were a CO, how were you as someone charged with overseeing incarcerated individuals? Being in law enforcement, I'll tell you it's really easy to fall into the belief, like I said before, they're monsters, they're criminals, they're dangerous, instead of fellow, fellow humans serving, deserving of dignity and respect. I was very aware of the injustices and inequality that the men were facing, the lack of compassion, respect and resources. You could also see it took a toll on someone after a while. Uh, it didn't really want to be a, a part of the problem anymore. Uh, I started in a unit with 108 men to myself. And I remember the lights going out on during a storm for approximately 30 seconds. And when the lights go out in a prison, you kind of think of what could go wrong, obviously. Um, and when the lights came back on, I actually had a group of the guys that were really close to me circling me. So respect really goes a long way. Uh, people know when you're just doing the job to survive um, and not ruling with an iron fist or uh, with a heavy badge. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of that that happens, and it's not always fair. So I always tried to be that fair individual. I'm so glad that you shared that with the listeners uh, because people really need to hear these kind of stories. You think that when the lights go out in prison that you're in danger, that someone will try to do something to you. Um, but you had these group of guys, you know, who had a lot of respect for you and wanted to make sure that you were okay in this environment with all these men that you had to oversee, and they formulated like a little circle around you. Uh, people need to hear this. This is from human beings. Everyone makes mistakes, but that don't mean that everyone who is incarcerated has to be a bad person at their core. Sometimes they just made a mistake, and that's that, and we all make them. So thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. As a returning citizen, was it hard to pick up the pieces and get back on track with your life? Um, how has this been? Yeah, returning isn't easy. You continue to hit walls and barriers that a lot of people don't understand, that there's over 44,000 collateral consequences that take place when somebody has a conviction. Um, and honestly, it's taking me years uh, to get pick up the pieces. To It took me almost a year to find employment. Um, somebody that would take me with a criminal record. I became homeless, and unfortunately, the resources aren't very helpful or they're very overwhelmed because of how many people need them. Uh, they're just not there quick enough for somebody that needs to be in housing, needs to have work and whatnot immediately. Uh, however, I am in a wonderful place now in my life. Uh, I just got married in November. And we're starting to try to have a family and my life is really turning around with some of the other things going on. So it did take quite a bit. And I, every day I think I'm picking up another piece. But man, it definitely is great when you do have resources and support and people like fill up and, and so on that can really help and help you in reentry in any way they can from just the lending ear that they've been through the same thing to, yeah, this is a, a place that will hire you or a resource to contact. From what you said, and that's an amazing story. Um, and again, I thank you for sharing. That reentry begins the moment you step into prison. We often say it, but do they really understand it? Uh, because when you um, find yourself stepping out, and you've lost everything, and there's not a lot of resources available. And 
and they figure that, oh, if you have a job, then you should be okay. No, reentry is a full-scale process that begins before you leave prison, when you can get the training that you need, when you can get the education that you need, when you can get the resources provided for you, and to start taking care of things such as having identification, little things like that, long before you get out and have it all situated. And if you have employment training in prison, for it to uh, become active on the outside, you must have a job awaiting you, not to find it after you get out. And so sometimes we, uh, I think we bypass that, and that's a meaningful reentry program. Yeah, absolutely. And there are some places that are trying to get what you were talking about, helping with the resources beforehand, getting an ID or whatever it may be that will create a barrier to employment. Um, but yeah, reentry has to start from if you're incarcerating somebody, it needs to happen before they walk outside. For sure, for sure. I know that you have a passion for criminal justice reform and reentry. Uh, what are your thoughts around reentry? Yeah, so reentry needs an overhaul. Uh, the money isn't really going to the resources that it should be. Uh, we also need to rethink reentry to be that. We aren't rehabilitating and helping people. If we are continuously throwing people behind bars, there has to be a better way to treat our fellow humans so that they aren't set up to fail. Unfortunately, a lot of the times it's, you know, you're being released, you need a job, here's a piece of paper, here's some resources. You call all those resources and none of them can help you quick enough or they don't have jobs available. We just need to think of a better way to do it if we're going to house people for a specific amount of time, then they need to be successful because just throwing them back after they made a mistake is just, it just hits the cycle and then we're never going to get out of that. For sure. And I try to, you know, translate it uh, for the simple viewers to understand a simple process. Okay, you're in prison, you're doing time, uh, you're taking classes and programming, but they give you a job and you can't earn enough money to save so that you have a nest egg waiting upon your release, even though some prisons take savings, it's not nearly enough. Then you get out and you you have so little resources and funds and you don't have immediate employment. You have to find a job after your release if it's not promised to you already. And then you need housing because a lot of people go to transition homes, halfway houses, or they live with family members. Why can't we take care of all three of those while someone's in? We have more than enough resources for that to be the case. And so some people are learning and they're getting it, and there's other re, uh, reentry uh, programs around the country that are now starting to see that once you have all that in place, and counseling, by the way, that you will most likely not recidivate. And so I, I, that's what I focus on, and that's the type of reentry program that we are uh, building in my organization in order for people to come out and be and have that safety net. Definitely what you're saying, um, when you're incarcerated, the the wage is well below $2 an hour, and that's just the national average. So you have to be able to earn a livable wage to be able to reenter, like you said, because when you are going to the halfway houses and whatnot, you have to pay to be at those most of the time. And if you haven't, don't have a nesting egg, you can't be at a certain place, like you said, you're just going to get back into the cycle of recidivism unfortunately and there are some places that are trying to get what you were talking about helping with the resources beforehand getting an id or whatever it may be that will create a barrier to employment 
Um, but yeah, reentry has to start from if you're incarcerating somebody, it needs to happen before they walk outside. Absolutely. Um, so tell our listeners about your clothing line, the big clothing line. I told you I love what you make. I've seen some of it, and i got to have it. I saw the hooded sweater. It was so dope. And definitely I plan on buying some of your clothes once I'm out. I might buy them before I get out, but I like it. So tell us more about it. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a concept that I was thinking about for a long time. I will definitely have to send you one once you're released just to celebrate. I'd love to see you wearing one. Just a little bit about my company. It's called Why Label Me. It's a t-shirt brand that's all about being yourself and embracing your unique identity. That we are more than our worst moments in life. These shirts are like the middle finger to labels, especially felon. Society tries to put on us. The hoodie you mentioned is my top seller, which simply states, I am a felon, which is crossed out, and a human is above it. I am passionate about dropping the label because in the end, we are all human. We have several other designs, like the conversational tea that just sparked, uh, which is one of my mom's favorite, and that one just says one in three Americans or 70 million Americans have a criminal record, and that's really it about it. Y'all heard it. Why label me? At the end of the show, she's going to tell us all about how to get a hold of it, you know, where's the website, how to order it. Everybody listening, go get one of those. Why label me? The shirts is dope. All the clothes is dope that I saw, and I'm going to wear one myself, take a picture so y'all can see. Uh, that's what's up. We need to wear those type of clothes. It changes the narrative and doesn't put those type of labels on us that hold us back in society once we reenter. So thank you a lot, Chris, for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and, you know, there's so many labels that are put on us, and that one's really a harsh one. So it's something that people need to see. One in three people have that label. And if it's maybe we're showing it a little bit more, it'll start to come to light, and then we can make real change. You got it. What are your plans going forward? Any other projects you're working on? Yeah, I mean, I always have designs uh, once. The ones I see are doing so well. I've got quite a bit. I mean, I'm, I have one on right now that just says brutality. Um, so I, I, I will be dropping quite a bit, uh, different styles and whatnot. And I'm hoping that everybody in the reentry field and, you know, even the red carpet is wearing these things because there's so many people that are interested in the field and, and are open in the reentry field. And I think that everybody should be wearing it. What would you like our listeners to take away from this interview? Just don't lose hope. You might get kicked in the teeth repeatedly, but eventually it'll get easier. Uh, someone will be willing to give you a shot. Uh, not everyone will care about your past. And you have, if you have the ability to make change, do it because it's so important. I think that you are the blueprint for someone who had to get out, pick up the pieces, and pull their lives back together. And so, if nothing else, people can take inspiration from that to know that even when you're at your lowest, uh, you can climb back up. And so, people that's listening, if you have a loved one incarcerated or if you yourself have been incarcerated or you just like the subject and you want to do something to help, keep reminding people, keep supporting people, keep uplifting people, and keep giving them advice and encourage them that they can make it. And if they need help, we're here. There's a lot of us here that's willing to help. So I really appreciate that, Chris. Happy New Year. I want to thank all of my loyal supporters 
for subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you've just recently started following The Wall Behind and Beyond, please hit the subscribe button as well as the notification bell. We don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes as we have some great show guests to bring you. Please share our show with everyone you know as we approach 1,000 subscribers. Also, to contact me directly, JPay has switched over to Securus Technologies. So download the Securus app to your mobile device and type in my prison number, which is 881-507. This will add you to my email list and I can see your name appear on my tablet. Thank you, everyone. Let's make 2023 our best year and let's speak truth to power. Back on the other side with Chris Snyder, you know what I'm saying? We're wrapping up. It was an amazing interview, but I got one more question for her, and I want you all to take heed because we got to support each other in this business. You know, we all are trying to fight for the same ends and the same goals. Um, so let's come together and let's support each other and let's patronize each other. So, Chris, how can people find your clothing line or get in touch with you if they want to learn more about it? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I, I agree with you. We got to support each other however we can. Um, my labels on breakingfreeindustries.com. And if you go on to that and go to our shirt right underneath it, the last one, it says, why label me? And I'm pretty active on social media. I'm on Twitter at the geek Chris or LinkedIn at Chris Snyder. So get in touch with me any way you can. And I just look forward to seeing all these uh, beautiful creations on everyone and trying to bring to light something that's been, you know, an ongoing problem for as long as it started. So, <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for stopping by. Keep your eyes on the prize. Absolutely. You as well. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the other side, my friend. Oh, absolutely. When I get there, you'll be one of the first to know. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speaker or our guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the wall behind and beyond.